Welcome back to Horsebroke Podcast Season 2, a podcast centered around real-life families with questionable judgment and lots of wine. This season will take you down the treacherous rabbit hole of expectation versus reality, Amy style. Welcome back to Season 2, Episode 7 of Horsebroke the Podcast. Tonight, your hosts Alex, Steph, and myself, Jen, are going to be covering Expectations versus reality of side hustles. (laughs) Something entertaining dropped in the background of Alex's. It's a ghost. It's a cat, obviously. It's always a cat. (laughs) Oh, wait, it's a cat. It's a cat. Wrestling in the background. Oh my gosh. It was never wrestling, but wrestle. (laughs) (laughs) So on tonight's episode, we're going to have a lot of fun because two of our three hosts tonight have two very interesting side hustles that surprisingly don't really have anything to do with horses. And myself, and myself, I would like to have a side hustle. So my contribution tonight will be talking about what it's like to want to start a side hustle. That doesn't really make sense, but I'm going with it. So boom, take it. I like it. Yeah. I mean, everybody has like ideas and goals of something that they want to do, like as a side hustle or a hobby. And, you know, talking about how to start that is always a good first step. So the expectations of a side hustle is that you're going to make money, right? And so the perfect dream is your side hustle gets so good that it pays for all your horsey dreams and you get to quit your day job. Um, (laughs) I've yet to meet someone whose side hustle has become their job, but for all of you listeners out there who have made it that far, we are all trying to be just like you someday. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That's originally oh, yeah. why I started my like little business too, is to try and pay for a lot of the horse stuff that I have. Just because, especially with shows and stuff like that, like I would love to just rely on my money that I make like in my career. But at the same time, I need to eat food. I need yeah. to have a place to sleep. Yeah. So, yeah. Most of that money goes to living. <laughs> Ramen only sustains the body for so long. Exactly. My yeah. popcorn, you can only do so much. <laughs> <laughs> so for the side business I decided to just make art because I had so originally like all right let me start this over my business is called artwork by Alex patent mm-hmm. oh yeah that's an important <laughs> fact to know the name yeah, of everything you know I draw and do stuff <laughs> so I originally started like drawing horses basically all over my notebook as we all did when we were in school because I mean what else do you do as the crazy horse girl of the school you draw horses everywhere absolutely so, incredibly so <laughs> I grew up in Fort Lauderdale where a lot of the um like on the I don't know if you guys know Guy Harvey but yeah. like the shirts with the um, fish on the back of them yeah so I, I would love just his style like, of artwork oh it's gorgeous so yeah. I would sit behind someone that has that shirt and I was like okay hold still Sit there. This is way more important than American history. Yeah. Oh, I, absolutely. I'll Incredible. Exactly. I, I have things to draw, you know? So mm-hmm. after I did that a couple of times, I was like, hey, I think I'm kind of good at this and just kept doing it. 
And I experimented with different um, mediums. So originally I started off doing like pencil, like literally the mechanical pencils that you use. That's what mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah. And like some of my, some of my best drawings and most favorite drawings are literally mechanical pencil. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Like the, um, I don't know if you guys saw, but it's way back on my Instagram. It's the Davy Jones picture. Mm-hmm. I don't know but that Davy Jones picture was all mechanical pencil. It took like over 12 hours in algebra, but I did it. <laughs> in algebra. I remember that class exactly. I said, like, oh, that's the class I drew Davy Jones in. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I remember oh, I do it. So I started off as stuff that I, like me drawing things that I would want to draw. But of course, people don't want to exactly all the time buy the things that you want to draw. Like, I draw mm-hmm. all things, like Davy Jones and like all these crazy things. I'm like, you want to buy this? People are like, uh, no, I want to buy pictures of my horse. I'm like, you know what? Great idea. Makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. That makes so, sense. So, all right. So, you knew at a very young ish age that you wanted to draw and that you were good at drawing. Mm-hmm. Did your did you get a lot of like support, like family, friends, not your algebra teacher saying like, wow, you know, like this is some pretty, you know, this is some pretty good quality work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe you should consider like a career in this. Mm-hmm. Actually, I had people tell me that like quite often. They were surprised when I went to nursing school and went that route because they're like, are you, are you serious? You're not going to make this a career? And for a lot of the time, I, um, yeah, that's my name. Isn't she so talented? Sorry for literally everyone that's listening. We actually all just looked at it, which none of yeah. you can see, but it's amazing. <laughs> it's it's a close-up of Davy Jones, Jones from 2014. Pause the podcast. Go look at Davy Jones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> from her artwork underscore by underscore Alex, all lowercase. <laughs> so, so, yeah. And actually, the only other person in my family that is artistically like talented is my aunt. So, like, nowhere else in my family except that one little wow. thing that I got is from her, essentially. So, did you end up doing, like, any formal training, like, other than, you know, the mandated art classes that we took back when public mm-hmm. schools were funded better? <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Shots fired. Shots fired there. Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh. So... Mm-hmm. So, so no real like formal training, like doodling that just got progressively better and then became amazing. Basically. Mm. And the only, Mm. the only time I took any art classes was actually in college when I was required to take them in order to compete on the equestrian team for college. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It all comes back to horses. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. So Alex, when did you decide to like make this a business? I don't remember the exact moment, but I did remember drawing, like a couple of people had asked me like, oh, can you draw this for me? And of course I wasn't going to do it for free. There's a lot yeah. of people that were like, oh yeah, you can just draw this, right? I'm like, uh, yeah, for money. <laughs> yes, for because yeah. it's it's a lot of hours. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly, yeah. it's a lot of so, hours. Like run us through that, um, you know, so for instance, what's the smallest drawing that you offer for sale? And I know obviously every type of thing you draw does take a different amount of time, but like, what would you say is like a range so that people really like understand this? So the smallest one I offer is five by seven. And uh, normally I will do headshots of animals and that can take anywhere from depending on basically how like fluffy the animal is, how (laughs) different colors the animal is. (laughs) 
<laughs> the animals that are fluffy take a lot of work. I believe it. Okay, that's fair. It's a lot of hair, a lot of, lot of drawing strokes and everything. So it automatically adds on time to my drawing. And of course, there's also the factor that if I like it or not. That also right. has a role. So usually the amount of time that it takes is probably like from like complete start, like blank piece of paper to all the way finish is probably like two and a half hours. Okay. Like to like three hours. Like that's like my whole, that's like time that I need to get paid for, you know? So I had right. to take that into consideration when I started with pricing. Cause originally I offered a little bit lower than what I was doing. And then I realized like, Hey, I could probably charge a little bit more because this is one, this is taking time out of my day Two, this is costing me, um, supplies. So expenses there. So I have to factor in all that cost and how much, um, is my time worth, which I feel like is the hardest thing to figure out, Right. you know, like how much do I get paid per hour? How much, like, I mean, at my nursing job, I get paid a certain amount, but like, I don't think for drawing and for the level of talent and just, there's a whole bunch of factors that come into play that you kind of just throw out a number and you're like, okay, I guess that sounds good. (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then on top of everything, there's also like advertisement and Mm -hmm. in like the marketing and all of that, that you need to do to help continue your business. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, I want to, you know, primarily all small businesses benefit the most from word of mouth. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's the constant reshares and, you know, look at this and check this Mm -hmm. out and you guys need to get something, you know, from her too. Mm -hmm. So I know that helps, but there's still other things like you Mm -hmm. had to like, isn't, wasn't there like a website that you had originally, you had to like put your stuff up on or isn't there like a, there's a drawing website. I know there is. There's some, there's a bunch of them where like artists go and put a lot of their work up, like in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Right? That's yeah. Thing. They have a couple of things like that. Like, for example, Instagram is basically like the main one that I use because right. Instagram has the most amount of people and will get the most amount of like views essentially. Um, yeah. But there's other, there's other places you can look up. I think, what is it? Um, De- like deviant art i think yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that's what i'm thinking of yeah, yeah. I was like i remember deviant art and people saying like check out my deviant art page because instagram yeah. truthfully hasn't been around for quite that long yeah and that's been cool. drawing since before that mm-hmm. yeah so mm-hmm. that's super cool all right and then i kind of cut you off earlier i let's talk about your supplies and like your medium mm-hmm. so, mediums yeah is that a yeah. thing yeah yeah i don't know yeah. yeah. artist I don't know how to say, I don't know the speak. <laughs> don't know the language. You do not want to see what I draw. I do not want to see a drawing by Jen. <laughs> Ooh, excellent, excellent uh, trademark though. Drawing by Jen. Like artwork yeah. by Jen. That's that's that has a good name to it. Like that's a good name. I'll tell you what, for all of our listeners, I will recreate Alex's Davy Jones. Oh my God. <laughs> Drawing, drawings by Jen next to artwork by Alex, and then you will understand what you're paying for. Oh I God. love it. I'm so here. Oh so yes, I have, I have to clarify: is this a drawing by Jen sober or slightly tipsy? Because I feel oh. like the results, you know, tipsy mm. Jen's artwork. Yes, I'm gonna say half a glass. Add before I start, uh-huh. and then we'll and then we'll see how long it takes for me <laughs> to sketch this, and then and then we'll. I like. I will let you know how much was drank by the completion <laughs> of said drawing. 
Yes. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> this artwork was powered by this much wine. Yes. <laughs> I am here for it. <laughs> all right, anyway, so mediums. All the mediums and things. So each one is a little, I mean, a mechanical pencil is a mechanical pencil. You know, that's like my favorite yeah. one too. It's super cheap. And it's actually one of my favorite mediums to do because I can darken it as much as I want, which is great. And so do it's- you have a favorite pencil? I'm just wondering because like working in medicine, I have a favorite pen. Oh, like a cheap, clear yes. pen. Yes. Yep. For everyone, it's literally a Bic mechanical pencil that she's talking yeah. about. That's like, I like a, a pack fancy, of mm-hmm, This is not a fancy artist pencil. Like it's not like I didn't spend an expensive <laughs> amount of money on it. Like, and it's in the big packs. You know, yeah. so you get a lot of them. But yeah. A good value. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But on the opposite end of the spectrum, I one of my favorite things to use is my Prismacolor markers. And this Ooh. marker costs anywhere from just individually, 5 oh. to $8, depending on where you buy it. Ooh. One color, I'm spending, and normally I go to Michael's and it's like $8. So I'm spending $8 per color. How how many colors would you say on average you use for, say, any of your horse pictures? Ooh, that's a great question. Because I actually, I had to figure this out the hard way. So I had to learn this by myself. But there are a whole bunch of different colors in a drawing other than, like, the ones you see. Like, right. for example, yeah. With, um, oh, yeah. let me look and see. Like, for example, with the chestnut horses, there is not only like the reddish color you see, but there are browns, there are grays, there are sometimes yellow, sometimes orange. There's a whole bunch of different colors that you have to kind of take into account and kind of mix and match in order for it to make, in order for it to make it like look real, essentially. That is so yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. So, and I could point out, and, and plus there's some blues too. Like you, oh. like there's some blues that you don't expect. Yeah, like with like the this eyes and something like I know. Blue is on the opposite side of the color wheel to orange. Oh, good job. <laughs> fun fact, fun fact. My, my 101 art class and college knowledge has paid off. Amazing. <laughs> and, like, Amazing. The thing I love the most about Alex's artwork, for anyone who hasn't checked out her page yet, like this is so realistic. Mm-hmm. I, I have, I've honestly sat there and been like, it looks like a picture. It looks like a photograph of the animal. Mm -hmm. Like, they are very realistic, very detailed. Um, I mean, they're just absolutely wonderful. And it's one of those things where um, I can say personally, as a customer of Alex's, Mm -hmm. even when she takes a picture of it to show you the completed work, what you actually receive in front of you is still it is incredible like an actual photograph of her drawing doesn't do credit to what the drawing really looks yeah. like oh and I believe it's hard to capture it too because I, yeah. I take a picture of it and I'm like I once you get this it will look different like the colors will look so much deeper so much darker and the highlights yes. mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I've been struggling with my second Instagram account that I have for my side business is taking pictures of what I paint because I paint little Mm -hmm. uh, 3D miniatures. And a lot of them, if you go to like a lot of the random accounts that they have, they'll have actual like terrain setups and proper Mm -hmm. lighting. And I don't have any of that just yet because I'm still really fresh into it. 
And so it's it's just me holding my little mini up under a lamp, hoping for the best lighting I possibly can get. So I'm like leaning my lamp one way with my hand and my mini, and then I put my forehead on my lamp to then take a picture with my phone <laughs> in my other hand. And it's it's a bit of a hot mess. So I'm still figuring that out. So I absolutely 100% believe that the pictures that you post on your Instagram do not do justice to your beautiful drawings in any way, shape, or form. They're incredible. Yeah. <laughs> and figuring out how to take a picture of it is like, I had to figure it out in itself. Like that is a whole separate thing in itself. And to make it look good and to make it look like what it actually is on paper is so hard. If you just take yeah. a picture of it, the colors are all off. I got to go into Photoshop and correct everything. And ugh. <laughs> like, it's a whole separate thing in itself. And like, that is time that I need to take into account when I draw these things, you know? Yeah. And especially too, yeah. not only like editing in Photoshop, but making sure your customer's happy. Because that's another big right. thing to do is kind of communicate back and forth and send you a picture and be like, here, does this look like it's okay? Because I actually yeah. had that growing up with my sister. I would show her this and be like, Katie, what is it? Like, tell me, does this look weird? What do I need to fix? She's like, yeah, the nose yeah. is dumb. I'm like, okay, thank you. So <laughs> I, have to, I have to have a second set of eyes sometimes because you stare yeah. at something for so long, you can miss obvious stuff. Well, like it yeah. literally, it literally happened with us. So for everybody listening, um, I had Alex do a commission for me of CJ and Joey mm-hmm. and Joey, when she showed me the picture of him, it was breathtaking. It was literally him on paper. It was mm-hmm. unlike anything else. And I'm not, again, I'm not an artist and I, fin- and I was explaining that to her, but when I looked at CJ, I was like, I don't know why, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it looks like him yet. I'm like, Joey absolutely looked like him. There was no mistaking him. And I was like, this is the worst. Like when you talk about making your customers happy and your customers like, I don't know, but it's like <laughs> something's not, not right. <laughs> There's something there and I don't know. And she kept working with me painstakingly. And then <laughs> and oh my and then and I mean the final piece was just oh, incredible. Um and it's and it's hard too because the person that owns the animal is the expert on what they look like like I only get a couple pictures you know so I have kind of hard seeing the whole like 3d image when you don't know that animal so that's another Mm -hmm. thing to take into account too it's hard to see to capture an animal like just from a couple like even like one or two or a couple pictures so uh, that's why I always like to ask back and forth does this look like this is this a little weird do I need to fix this and most of the time I can fix whatever issue needs to be fixed like if something needs to be like a little higher a little lower I can kind of finagle it and make it I've like learned how to kind of like photoshop my own drawing without photoshopping it (laughs) but I like wasn't even able to communicate what I thought was off I was like I don't I don't know but it doesn't look like him yet and I don't know what obviously she knows what she did to make it look like him but it, and, and like, I don't know, all of a sudden it went from like, that's really pretty, but it's not him to, yeah, that's mine. That, that's, <laughs> uh, she, she like was able to draw the ADD goldfish brain attention span and the goofy eye like into this horse. And it was like, yep, that's mine. Mm-hmm. That's my creature. <laughs> that's mine. <laughs> But yeah, making like making customers happy is a whole different thing too with your side business and trying to keep up your side business and get more people to commission you because yeah. people that have already commissioned you will 
tell the others that, yeah, they really worked with me. And even if I wasn't 100% happy, she went back and fixed it. And that really means a lot to people. So, yeah. and especially yeah. too, if it's like, no, it's not just right. And it's like, okay, let me go back. Let me see what I need to do. Take a step back. Cause that too is also hard. Cause I'm over here drawing like away and I have this like distance away from it, like a foot distance. And sometimes yeah. I need to like step back and be like, oh, I see. Oh, yeah. I so it, have yeah. thought about that. And then putting two pictures side by side helps too. And then mirror imaging it. So if you mirror image something, it like something will look weird and you can tell by the mirror image what looks weird. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Isn't that weird? That is weird. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can like something in your brain. Mm -hmm. So then um all right. Let me we okay, so we still need to talk about mediums because all we've talked about yet so far are the markers. (laughs) The prism markers. And so let's say um, a chestnut horse, a chestnut <laughs> horse face. How many markers do you feel like you may end up using to really capture that that perfectly? Because you're you're talking yeah. about blues, yellows, oranges, <laughs> browns, whites. If it has some kind of, and I, I guess white, right? Don't you use yeah. a white marker? You don't just use the paper. Mm-hmm. I have a gel oh. pen, a white pen, and oh, this wow. is essentially my auto. So this will put, yeah, that's actually my autocorrect is I'll put white pen on paper and this is how I make those really pretty like highlights that really stand out and make it look like it's like pretty. Uh, so the okay. white gel pen, and this is like a Jolly Roll regular like gel pen, not anything. <laughs> but, Top of the line tools. Top of the line. <laughs> Your girl's trying to save money here. Yeah. Yeah. And that just proves too, you can make art with really cheap stuff. You know, like my mechanical pencil, you know, I don't have, that's not very expensive, but I made a really cool, like portraits of that. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, that's, that's honestly a tribute to you and your ability as an artist that you can take these just benign tools, nothing special, nothing fancy, and still bring these portraits like to life, literally Mm -hmm. to life. Thank you. I appreciate it. So <laughs> I mean, I'm obviously a giant fan of your work. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so then, um, so tell me about the paper. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because that plays a large factor, too. Yes, absolutely. And plus the different sizes of paper, too. So mm-hmm. there's a specific paper that I use. It's like Bristol paper. Um, and I have to look up exactly how much that is. But that also plays into the cost of the overall um, image. And like what I'm drawing and if I need to buy like a new sketchbook and um, but just the quality of the paper, too, I would like to be the best quality I could get, okay. you know, because you want to provide the customer with a really pretty, like nice, pristine image on a really pretty nice white piece of paper. So instead yeah. of using because I have a couple of different sketchbooks that have um, kind of a texture to it. It's a little hard to it's not a canvas. But there's definitely a different texture. And I'll go I'll go to Michael's and I'll like feel the paper. Like, nope, this is not it. I'll go yes. to another paper, feel the paper. Nope, don't like this. Like, That's so it, cool. It really affects the drawing too. It affects because um, how much paper like absorbs the marker too. I have to take into yeah. account. Like, and the, the Bristol paper really won't like spread at all. If okay. that makes sense. So when you put um, like a marker down on paper, sometimes it'll get a little bit bigger than like the... Um, brush stroke that you do 
if that makes sense. And the bristle really like is um, I'm able to do like fine lines and details and not have it go outside the lines because I have to color inside the lines. Because <laughs> it's also like a thicker type of paper too, right? Mm-hmm. The bristle. It's a, yeah, it's thicker. It's, it's like a card, not quite cardstock, but yeah, essentially some, and it's, like it's, more than your average printer paper. It reminded me of parchment paper. Like yeah. the stuff you would want yeah. to print your resume on, like not yes. like cardstock, but it's not computer paper. It's yeah. like parchment yeah. paper. You mm-hmm. you print your certificates on it, kind yeah. of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Nice, yeah. Like good quality. It doesn't nice. bend easily. Um, so that also comes into account too. And plus, the, all the different sizes I have to buy, because people, because mm-hmm, I'll have a basically three main sizes, but I also have other sketchbooks for those um, people that want like a different sized one. So, okay. for example, like an 11 by 17, it's like, it's a longer. Yes. Fit more animals or do whatever you want on there. Um, if someone wants to do something custom that I'm not used to. So that's mm. another cost that I have to take into account that I don't use that paper super often. And that just sits there and is kind of, what do you call it? Like a, not a waste. No, but it's, it's, well, you're having to float supplies. I mean, that's, yeah. So it's, it's because you're paying for the full notebook, not just a single sheet of paper. Exactly. So you've made the investment, but you don't know when that particular piece of paper is going to end up paying for itself. (laughs) Exactly. So it could just sit there and yeah, not be like a waste of money, but not be making money is what I Yeah. Exactly. So what do these like sketchbooks tend to cost? I mean, just a range um let me see i'm trying to look up on and then additionally on top of answering that question (laughs) (laughs) how how many drawings do you feel like you can get out of your prism markers i mean there is a quantity to ink exactly and that too and especially with the colors that i use more often um like the light tan specifically i use constantly because you can use it yeah. for chestnut horses you use it for um, dark bays seal bays all these different types of colors there's the one color that i use for everything and brick beige too this is my i usually buy at least like three at a time. <laughs> oh wow at yeah. least three at a time yeah i would buy for um i'll buy let me look and see i'm trying to look at the cost of the schedule because i haven't i haven't gone to Michael's in quite a bit <laughs> Okay, so nine by 12, 20 sheets of paper cost 10 bucks. Okay. So that's not terrible. So, right. yeah, 20 divided by 10 and nine by 12, that size of paper, I have to take into account of how much it would be and how long it'll take me because nine by 12 is significantly larger than five by seven. Right. Yeah. Significantly more marker usage. And also, you can't make two five by sevens out of that. Like you have a weird extra amount that isn't mm. uh, that would yeah. make me crazy. Uh. All right, so we've got markers, the markers, yeah, paper. the paper, the pencils, the marketing, mm-hmm. and then I know this part particularly because it played a factor into my particular order mm-hmm. shipping. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot in that. You have to make sure that it ships in such a way that it doesn't bend. Exactly. Yeah. And you have to take into account how much you want to pay for shipping. Because especially when I'm shipping quite a bit of 
art out, it can rack up in dollars, you know, I'll pay up to like $50 per visit because I'm shipping yeah. so many things out. And that wow. if I charge, like if I offer free shipping, I have to take that out of my costs, you know? Right. So that's why most of the time I don't offer the free shipping just because it can get quite expensive. And yeah. especially if the customer wants it rushed, like it can get upwards of like $12, $15. Like, yeah, and easily. Mm-hmm. So, wow. and I actually, I make a point to do this, but I ship out of a small local business so that I give them money. So, because I am a small local business, you know, so yeah. I would like to give money back to them because um, I don't go to some, the like big UPS stores or anything like that. It's literally across the street. It's a little going postal thing. And I know that's the so cool. Here. So, yeah. so I mean, yeah. you've probably watched like the evolution of your business as well from like dropping mm-hmm. off one sketch every Aww. once in a while to like multiple <laughs> visits a week. Yeah, exactly. And I and whenever I come in, they oh, they're like, oh hi, how are you doing? Like they know me, and I've been um, giving them business for quite a while. So um, especially during COVID too, it was really hard because I wasn't able mm-hmm. to ship anything out for a while. Yeah. You know, so that did affect business. Um, and they were closed for quite a long time. So, um, so yeah, nothing was able to get shipped out, and I just kind of sat there because I didn't want to use anybody else. I really want to put my yeah. money. Like my dollar is a vote, basically, as it to is. what I want. my dollar is my vote and I wanted to spend my money there so that's why I waited a long time for them to open back up but that's I don't know the the kind of stuff that's important to me you know it is important no absolutely I'm a big big believer in your dollar is your vote that'll Mm -hmm. definitely be a tangent for another Okay. Um, all right. So now we'll just get to some of like the fun in my opinion the fun stuff okay so weirdest thing you've drawn Weirdest thing a customer has requested. <laughs> I'm trying to think like stuff that I've actually gone through and drawn. Cause if it was the weirdest thing that I've drawn, I wouldn't have posted it. You know? <laughs> have you ever declined? Yes. Oh, yeah. all right. People are like, can you draw my entire family with all of our faces and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> because you have to think about it too the amount of time i spend staring at one picture yeah it can take a toll on my mental health and people are not fun to look at sorry (laughs) especially too when i'm looking at fine details and stuff like that and sometimes i just i'm looking too close and not getting it and it's frustrating me even more and i'm like i can't do this anymore so i take like a two-week break from it oh wow okay so yeah That is like the hardest thing too is like time and time management. Yeah. Right. Oh, I wanted to mention that part. So of course, because we all know each other, you know, I know what your job is, but like for Mm -hmm. our listeners, you know, talk about what your main job is and how much Mm -hmm. time you spend doing that. Because that that's the whole point of like a side gig, a side hustle is you have to do it in addition to what you're already doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So not, um, So when I'm not an artist or not an equestrian, I am a trauma ICU nurse. So I actually work day shift shift at the Mm -hmm. hospital. So I have 12-hour days. So in those 12-hour days, that's all I do. I am at the hospital. I live and breathe the hospital for 12 hours, three days a week. So on my days off, especially the days off that I have, like after like I've worked a bunch, I'm exhausted. So my motivation to try and draw anything is like a little bit low. So sometimes I'll have to just sit there and force myself 
especially if there's deadlines and stuff for the drawings, I have to keep into account prioritizing things. So okay. if someone uh, if someone orders a drawing and is like, hey, I need this by this date, I'm like, okay, I can do that. Um, and then I'll have other drawings that don't have a specific date, so they'll kind of take a back burner for a while. Okay. Um, so kind of mm-hmm. balancing stuff back and forth and seeing what needs to get done first and what has a due date, what's important, what's going to take me the longest is another mm-hmm. thing too. Um, so yeah, and just trying to find the motivation and time and all of that is, it's definitely a balancing act, especially yeah. from, and the good thing about it is that my side job is kind of an escape from my real job because my real job, I deal with a lot of death and dying. Yeah. Like yeah. a lot of patients that aren't going to make it a lot of really, really sad stories and drawing is a way to just kind of escape from the world for a little bit. And that's actually what I did. Um, the majority of my like high school career, like whenever I would draw, I would just not be in the world for a while and just be on my own little one, you know? Yeah. So, and that's like a really important part of side hustles too, is like you, it needs to remain something that you're enjoying doing. Exactly. Otherwise, it Absolutely. becomes a job as well, and it's it just it's not exactly it's not a good relationship. Less, yeah, you have less motivation to do a job than to do something you like enjoy and you love and is a hobby. So that's why this didn't not evolve into a whole business for me is because I wanted to keep this fun. I wanted yeah. drawing to be a place where I could just like kind of lose myself in a drawing and um not have to worry so much about, oh, I have to get this done. I have to get this done and work for a company and have my art not be my own. Because sometimes right. um, whenever, you, mm-hmm. yeah, whenever you sign up with a company, like that's their art. that yeah. You're, yeah. You know? And that's another thing I took into consideration was I still wanted this to be my art and I wanted to draw what I wanted to draw. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, you kind of have to take all that into account. Um, but yeah, time management is huge and trying to figure out how to get all this stuff done while working a full-time job, while riding horses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> while bringing along a baby. Exactly. Uh, yeah. A baby. It's quite a lot. Keeping the house clean. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. That's that yeah, too. No, yeah. No. That's too many things. <laughs> too, too many, many things. Too many. <laughs> all right. So last two questions. Okay. Um, my question number one would be, what would be your advice for any of our listeners that, you know, maybe may want to check out your site and, um, you know, maybe purchase a commission from you? Like what, what can we do as customers to help you create the best thing for us? I think the best thing is communication, whether it be between me and the person who's ordering something from me, or whether it be from someone who is received art from me and absolutely loves it and communicating it to other people that they really, really, really like it. That is the biggest thing is like word of mouth um, and just communicating back and forth saying like, cause I want to make sure that you're a hundred percent happy, you know, mm-hmm. I want to make sure you're happy. I want to make sure you're going to recommend me to other people. Cause I don't want to give you a drawing and be like, Oh yeah, it's all right. You know? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Hello? I don't want that to happen. (laughs) Yeah. The communication is huge. So communication with me back and forth saying like, yes, you really like this or like, no, it's like iffy, you know, like I want to make sure you like it. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And And then then good good quality pictures. Oh, okay. Yeah. I cannot (laughs) stress that enough. Good quality pictures. Oh my gosh. Because sometimes like people like, can you draw this? And it's like a blurry, like half image of like a dog. I'm like, I can't even see its face. What are you saying? (laughs) 
Like, I love my aunt dearly, but she just sent me a picture of this dog that is so blurry. Oh, <laughs> like no. my great aunt who has like still has a flip phone, and she oh, like, no. yeah. told her to send me another picture, and she sent me another one, and she's like, oh, this one's a little bit dark. I was like, it's not much better. So, oh, oh, no. <laughs> love her dearly, but those pictures are so hard to see. Like, I can't right. draw what I can't yeah. see, you know. But like, if you can't see the details, you can't draw them. Exactly. Right. I'm just going to wing it and then be like, this doesn't work for your style of artwork, which is very realistic. Exactly. And so, and And then do you like when, so I know, I know in particular, because I know, I know my particular experience with you, Mm -hmm. most of the way I like to move forward in these kinds of things is I like to ask what you think is best. Mm-hmm. When I'm like, okay, so what would you recommend that we do with that? Is that helpful for you? Or would you rather that your customer like runs the show or has no say? <laughs> yeah, it depends too. Cause it depends how involved people are. But a lot of times I do like the, what do you think is best? Just cause okay. I've done, I've done a lot, a lot of drawings. So I've seen drawings that work really well and drawings that are a little harder to do. Like the face first mm-hmm. drawings, like that are like head on or harder to do. They're tough. Oh, okay. they're, yeah, they're harder to make look good. But it, for a drawing that the horse is looking a certain way, that looks much better and much more realistic. And okay, with the so like, a pro, like a profile. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Or not like like a complete profile, but like a like that that good forty five three, three quarter three quarter view. I think is what it's called. I don't yeah. know. I didn't take enough okay. class. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> some angle. There's just some angle at which like is, you're off. Good. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That literally looks amazing. Whoever's oh, yeah. whoever's piece of artwork Alex is showing us right now, you totally scored because that thing is beautiful. <laughs> I'm excited. Oh, yeah. I saw the um, picture because it wasn't the first one she sent me. It was like kind of like in the middle, like which I'm sure she didn't think was the good one. I was like, oh, I like that one. Done. Like I, it right. takes a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's the experience Aww. I had with you is I sent – oh, and by the way, like Alex is um, the kindest soul in the world because – I was like, here's 75 pictures of my creature. <laughs> you let me know. Which one is best. Oh my God. Um, she also talked me through. So CJ, even though he is a dapple gray, he has white marks on his face. And I was like, this is so important to me. I really want this particular characteristic of his drawn. And so I sent her all these pictures and I knew because I couldn't see them in the pictures that I wasn't doing any good. Mm. But because she's been doing this for so long and probably also because she owns a dapple gray, (laughs) um, Mm. she she showed, um, you know, she talked me through, like, if you wet the horse's face, I can see it more. So we literally soaked CJ's face, which he'll never forgive me for. (laughs) Um, But we were able to, like, really get detail they were not pictures of him looking cute but it was enough for her to be able to see like where those white marks were so mm-hmm. and I mean I get I honestly I'm imagining that's just something that's come with experience over time mm-hmm. is trying to help clients get the best out of their work and give you mm-hmm. the most detail that you can get yeah and keeping him ha- happy too because that was really important to you, yeah. you know? I could have just kept his face white and just left it at that but you saw his like underlying markings and so I said you know what let's make the customer happy you know it's it's yeah. quite literally because he has a snip and I'm obsessed with snips I've always wanted oh, a horse with a snip and um so like that was the 
the key thing to me. I'm like, it won't look like him unless you can find a way to bring up this little under feature on him like because it, it means the world to me. And oh my gosh, and it's literally incredible. Um, okay. All right. And last question is income from this side hustle. You know, where do you really feel like you're at with that? I know 2020, of course, was just a weird year for everyone, but you must be making enough that it continues to be worth it for you to keep investing all of that time into it because your job takes up a lot of time too. So, um, you know, if you feel comfortable kind of sharing with us, you know, is your side hustle helping you make enough to be able to do some extra things. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the best things about having a side hustle is that I can make however much I want in that specific month. So I don't have to, I don't have to meet a certain deadline. Like as of right now, it's a side hustle, you know? So I can work as much as much or as little as I want. So I can really go out there, market myself, get a lot of commissions and get a lot of business But if there's some months where I don't really want to, then I don't. So it's really good too, because if I know I have a horse show coming up, I'll kind of budget that into my like income essentially. So I know I have a horse show coming up. I have to make this amount of money in order to afford that horse show because I try to exclusively pay for my horse shows with art money. So- And I think, honestly, like, that's my favorite thing. I know we all talk about, like, oh, yeah, let's all support support small businesses and stuff like that. But that is the coolest part about actually supporting a small business Mm -hmm. or a a person is I literally know that my dollars went to you going to a horse show on roads. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool to me. I know exactly Mm -hmm. where my dollars went. When I Mm -hmm. look at that framed piece of art, I'm like, and she went to a horse show. Oh, yeah. You just exactly. really feel good about where you put your money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like you said, the $1 equals one vote. I am yes. a big fan of that. So Yes, absolutely. The cool thing about having a side business is working as much or as little as you want. You can really grind and make a whole bunch of money and um, get, a, get a whole bunch of money. Or you can just say, hey, I want to focus on my other job right now. Or I really want to focus on riding and kind of have the side job take a back seat. You know, so that's yeah. the really cool thing about having a side hustle is you can work as much or as little as you want because you're your own boss, you know? <laughs> that's so true. Are you a mean <laughs> boss? <laughs> I mean, I think I'm nice when I offer snacks, you know? So, yes. okay, snack breaks here for the snack breaks. That's and I guess you can drink on the job, which is probably pretty nice. Yeah, exactly. I'm oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So that is Alex and her awesome job, <laughs> side hustle, not job. Her Well, she has an awesome job too. Don't give me yeah. that. <laughs> but, um, you know, awesome, amazing side hustle. All right, Steph, you have recently started your own side hustle too. Yeah. So over the summer, I started my own side hustle. So I'm not as established as Alex is with her Instagram and her website and her, all of her store. She has uh, mugs coming up soon or. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, she's having, you can get your artwork on mugs, which I think is the most coolest thing. In the world. So, <laughs> there is, there is a CJ mug in my future. Yeah, in yeah. existence. <laughs> so my, my Etsy store is a little small. I think I only have about four things up on there right now, but what I do is I actually, paint 
Dungeons and Dragons or Warhammer miniatures for like tabletop games. Um, <laughs> on my on my on my horse page, I've posted a little bit about how I have very nerdy pastimes, and <laughs> some people have asked me about that. I know. So Dungeons and Dragons is like you you basically video games, but without a computer. So you're basically like. We call it the theater of the mind for a fancy way of saying make believe. Yeah, uh, like these encounters, yeah. yeah, it's a story. I mean, you're mm-hmm. the dungeon master tells a story, and you and your fellow members of your campaign act out this story. And yeah. what's cool about it, in my opinion, I've played Dungeons and Dragons. I'm a yeah. giant nerd too. Jen and so I talk like, about nerd yeah, stuff all the all time. The time. <laughs> I also play Warhammer and Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> so we're totally on board with this. But um, yeah. the coolest part is like in a video game, you can select option A or option B. And that's not Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Your limitation is your role and what you can think of to ask or think of to do. And what you can per se persuade the DM to let you do. Right, that part too. You, have to <laughs> you always have to like be like, so so DM, can can I can I do this? Right, like, so could I can I cast <laughs> darkness? <laughs> like, yeah, right. Yeah. So I but I think that part is really cool because there in theory, there isn't really a limitation. Your limitation is your imagination and how you can best work the story. Um, yeah. Okay. So when I used to play Dungeons and Dragons, and mm-hmm. again, we'll not talk about dating myself, but um, <laughs> miniatures weren't quite a thing. If they were, they yeah. were. I we weren't doing them in my campaign. So my first exposure to miniatures was Warhammer. Yeah. But it's really cool to know that Dungeons and Dragons are utilizing them too. Um, yeah. And I want, I, you know, I'm like, I can talk about why I think miniatures are so great, but honestly that should come from you, Steph. But yeah. so tell everybody more about the miniatures and I need you to emphasize the freaking detail because oh, yeah. that is it's insane. Okay. Your turn. <laughs> so there's a couple companies that make um you have one by Nolzers, which is based out of D D. Like D D is not only just like a game, but it's an actual company more or less now and then they produce a whole bunch of miniatures. You have Pathfinder is another company that also makes miniatures. And the ones that you can you go into just like your average little game store where they sell like cards and board games and a whole bunch of other stuff, and they'll have a little section for minis, and you can normally get um literally any any sort of fantasy creature or character your heart could desire because you never know exactly what you're going to come across in your campaign because so many of the campaigns are either fantasy based or whatever your dungeon master hearts desire so you can go in and get dragons and werewolves and griffins and it's so cool to be able to just go up and paint it's it's just a 3d plastic miniature and they range anywhere from like a square inch to like half a foot by half a foot like it's it's whatever and the the crazy part is is like I have some of them you get and you have to like put together but they come pre-primed 
but mm-hmm. all the details all the details are in the mini already. Sometimes you just have to glue an arm in there or like a stand up somewhere. Right. But like they're they're basically ready to paint more or less from the D and D side. Okay. Which is really cool. And you have like scales and horns and fangs and you can see the little eyeballs and some even have eyelashes. Like like the details yes. are all well, there. Yeah. Yeah. Like they are very detailed miniatures, which is really cool because it actually makes my job painting them a lot easier because I'm not having to create shadows because you already have like, oh, well, there's a wing. So obviously you're going to put it and a lamp's going to shine on it. And the top of the wing is going to cast a shadow on the bottom of the wing. Mm-hmm. So it makes 3D art is a lot easier color scheme wise, in my personal opinion, than 2D mm-hmm. because creating all the values in the texture 2D for 3D, I, it. it's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's this whole like <laughs> mind mess and, and I did not always do the best of it in my two art classes that I took in college as gen eds <laughs> to also be able to graduate because Yeah. <laughs> So the other ones that I have are um, my boyfriend. He likes to be a dungeon master and run a few Dungeons and Dragons campaigns. So he's gone out and bought on Etsy uh, people who have custom miniatures that they've created in like a 3D printing or even now they have uh, resin printing, Mm -hmm. which those ones even get more insanely like – I think that's that's where I'm headed next. Like I'm obsessed with my printer and now I think I'm headed towards a resin printer. So I might be able to, you know, we may have to connect our businesses at some point in the future. (laughs) I was just about to say that you guys should get together and collaborate. Yes. Yes. The resins ones, you can have like tiny little, like, cause the, the figurines are, they sit, all the maps are on a inch by inch grid and your Mm -hmm. average human ish they're never human, by the way. they're never human nobody ever <laughs> plays a human we'll sit <laughs> in about an inch or inch. your warlock or yeah all the- um my my favorite is a half orc fighter because yes. i like to punch things with Shocker. great weapons yeah. <laughs> i'm very interested to know that stuff is aggro so that's good yes. to know <laughs> damage is my friend um but with the resin now you can actually get like like I said, like eyelashes and eyebrows and minute details of chain link armor. Just you yes. can see the individual links in them. And it is just so fascinating to be able to have like this insanely detailed item in front of me and just like stare at it and watch it just come to life. And can we talk about how small these are too? Right. I I strongly recommend for anybody that's listening, if you're not already familiar with what miniatures are, I strongly recommend that you look one up so that you can truly understand like what Steph is talking about because the detail on these things are insane. I should probably plug my page. It's uh, SL underscore minis. I have a few pictures up. Like here, here, I'll show y'all one. This is a... my thumbnail looks so gross in that because it's all covered in paint. Here, where is it? There, Whoa, that's like a little wow. head that I did. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's insane. Like, yeah, she has like little eyelashes and then there's yeah. still little details on her crown. Yes. All right, everybody pause the podcast right now. Go to <laughs> Because you need to awe uh, as we are doing. Yes. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, so I, I only have like 
nine, ten. Ten total pictures on my, my page because I'm still getting into this, but it's it's really fun. I've really been enjoying it. But like not only so so there'll be a dragon, right? And so not only yeah. does the dragon have scales, which okay, like that's what a normal quote unquote plastic toy would have, but the scales are textured. That's oh, the yeah. level of these detailed miniatures that Texture. she's then trying to apply paint to to create that scaling effect. Yeah. Wow. So there'll be like five or six layers of different colors of paint. So what I normally use is um, they're actually tiny pots of acrylic paint is what I like to use. And normally I like to water it down a little bit so that way it actually gets into all those little cricks and crevices and doesn't like gunk up a lot of the details. Mm-hmm. But I'll go in with like three different shades of blue because I have to basically force shadows being cast on specific parts to really make the 3D-ness believable. And some of the details pop. It's it's odd to explain. I I get it because I was a part of it. <laughs> or yeah. I still am. So, of course, my miniature exposure started with Warhammer. Yeah. And my favorite part, these little tiny pots of paint that she's talking about, they have the most ridiculous names. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lord. Um, I'm trying to think of some of them off the top of my head, but it'll be like bilious gas green, gangrenous bilious gas green, and blood of my enemies crimson. I mean, they're just the craziest names. And they're tiny. She's talking about little tiny pots of paint we're talking smaller than nail polish pots and yeah. they're pretty expensive and you oh, need yeah. a lot of them so yeah. definitely talk tell us about that um so they are absolutely really annoying in the fact that a okay we can literally oh. hear you taking your paper off your chopsticks child <laughs> sorry <laughs> okay so they're they're really annoying because you get these small and granted the miniatures themselves are very small so it's not like you're actually using a lot of paint but the fact that you have to have like a it's it's they're like five the 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 warhammer associated paint brand is called citadel and they're made by the same company (laughs) and even like these small small pots of paint are like six or seven dollars a pop and then they recommend because that when you buy a warhammer figurine they come and it's 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 a fantasy the age of sigmar is like a fantasy war tabletop type game and you have your army and they're all little miniatures and they have stats and they have different abilities and they Mm -hmm. have different paint schemes and they actually on the website you can look up for like their standard paint scheme for what you have on like the box art for the thing they come with yeah it's like a paint by numbers if you want it if you want to do that or you can hire somebody like Steph that can bring something completely different to life yeah and For my boyfriend, he got me started into it, and he was like, okay, cool. He was so excited. It was really adorable. He's like, I'm going to get the army, and I'm going to paint them, and I want it just like the box. And I'm like, okay, awesome. I can do that. And it ended up being 
five or six different colors mm-hmm. just for one scheme for one little like unit. Mm-hmm. But the th- the problem is, is that those are just for the base colors. And then you have um, the, the trick to making them really pop the most. Is, it's called a, a shade and it's, it's like a watered down, but still highly pigmented type paint and what it does is it goes into the cracks and the crevices so it makes the like recessed parts darker while not really showing up on the more highlighted so for really super detailed things like feathers or scales it's one of my favorite things to use because it makes my job so much easier and I'm not having to go in there on each little scale and draw little highlights and go into the details and the depths mm-hmm. and darken them. So it, it makes things a lot easier, but those, those pots come in a slightly larger size, only, only minimally like half again is big and they're like eight or $9. And even though Oof. I, I haven't even finished his army yet and I have almost completely gone through one. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So they go very quickly. And this might not be accurate anymore. It's been a hot minute since I had enough free time to play Warhammer, but I and I and I don't think the the rule exists with D anD D. But in order to compete with your Warhammer army, which and people do that, they, it's a true tabletop game. You engage mm-hmm. in battle with others. For your figurine to be legal for the battlefield, it must have at least three colors. Oh, see, I actually don't know. I'm still new enough to the game that I haven't looked into competing into it yet. That was so, my understanding, was that it yeah. had a figurine that is going to enter the battlefield must have a minimum of three colors for competition rules. I might not be, that might not be totally, I, I mean, like, I didn't double check this, but that's what I recall <laughs> from when yeah. I was doing this as well, because I remember thinking, I'm like, uh, again, so my significant other bought the army and I'm like, yeah, okay, so take it outside and spray paint it. And he's yeah. like, no, it doesn't work like that. Like, you can't just spray yeah. paint all of them, you know, military green and call it a day. Mm. The regulations required that even your your little pawn still had to have a minimum of three colors to be accepted mm. in, in tournament play. Mm, no, I believe that, though. But they, they make, they've come out with a few different paints now that make it a little easier for... Your, your average person, they call them contrast paints, and they're somewhere between the thicker paints that I like to use and the shade that I mentioned. Okay. And if you do, like, one or two coats of those, it'll it'll get the job done. It's not quite, in my opinion, as detailed as, like, the stuff that I would do with, like, the thicker paints and the mixing them to get, like, the exact shade that I want and doing a whole bunch of different detailed work. But it, if you wanted to have paint on minis to go and compete with they do have things to help with that that's so cool and then yeah. um what about like because I, I actually just don't know like do you clear coat them afterwards yeah so a lot of because the paint is so thin even though it is acrylic it will kind of chip off a little bit especially on like edges so if you have like you know you think like an armor with a breastplate and it has like a strong line in the center that Mm -hmm. edge it'll wear off a little bit if you're not careful and one of the two things that I like to use Mm -hmm. is um, I have a clear spray varnish that's actually more used for like paper artwork for like charcoal type stuff Mm. 
and it dries down matte. And then I actually have Mod Podge, which I like to water down a little bit. And I, I just like Mod Podge. Mod Podge is perfect for everything. <laughs> it's, it because is. it's also, it's a lot cheaper than, because the, the spray varnish, I got that. That was for a can. It was like an average bank pay can. That was about like $15. But for yeah, like, it adds up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was really expensive. And I also, I just don't like the way spray paints smell. Yeah. yeah, I have asthma, and I, I just, I just don't like the way it smells, so I don't like using it, which is a shame because I spent fifteen dollars on it. But <laughs> <laughs> I, it was one of those things where, like, I got it, and I was like, ah, oh, it's raining. I don't want to go outside to use the spray paint because I don't want anything to get wet. Because like, they, humidity, they, humidity, humidity affects this. It does. Yeah. It actually does. It's I, I. On one of my initial things that I sprayed, it actually messed up because. I live in Virginia. Virginia is a very humid state. And over the summer, when I was first dipping my toes into painting things, I spray painted the clear, what should have been a clear, slightly matte varnish ended up having almost a white cast and being very matte, but also kind of shiny in some other places. Okay. And I think one of the things that messed up with it was because it was a humid Virginia, slightly summer day. Yeah. And I was new and I didn't pay attention and I messed up, which happens. That's another thing about a small business too, is that you mess up sometimes, you know, you have to figure stuff out. And especially at the beginning, you have to make some mistakes in order to improve and make it better, you know? So now, especially with being in a humid state and me being also (laughs) in a humid state, you have to take that type of outside stuff into consideration. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Have you had any experiences with paint bubbling or no, because it's like fairly small? I always wonder because in the past I've clear coated stuff and it has put bubbles into mm-hmm. or onto the surface. And I don't know. I'm just desperately trying to figure out how to stop doing that. Are you, are you talking <laughs> with like spray cans or brush strokes? Um, I've done it with both. Because... <laughs> A lot of the times when I get bubbles with the paint, it's either because I just, it's either too much paint or too much water. Yeah. That's what Sean keeps telling me is he's like, you're yeah. painting it too thick and that's where the yeah. bubbles are coming from. Okay. Cause that's one of the things with your <laughs> acrylic paint is because it can have like, you know, with like your, your kindergarten art with the cheap acrylic paint, you go to target and get like a giant tube of it if you're not careful, it will dry in a 3D state. It doesn't oh, really like yeah. dry down flat. Okay. So if you have too much of the paint on your brush, it'll get 3D and then it'll uh, get rid of some of the details in the minis. So it's always better to do multiple thin coats. Okay. But you also don't want to get it too watery because then every time you stroke your brush, you get air bubbles in it. Because mm-hmm. that's yep. where I get the most bubbles is when it's too watery. Hmm, okay, um, we're opposite. Maybe the our powers combined <laughs> figure this out. Yeah, the like I said, I try to stay away from spray paint because it aggravates my asthma and it just smells bad, and I'm not a fan. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I know you got started pretty recently, um, mm-hmm. but you're utilizing Etsy. Yes. So what is that like for a small business? Um, it 
is actually, it's been a pretty pain-free startup, more or less. The more confusing thing was figuring out, like, how I was going to ship everything because miniatures do tend to be kind of fragile. Right, that was um, going to be my next question was, tell yeah. me about the shipping. Because, well, the, the most confusing thing about Etsy to me was I had to get a lot of things set up ahead of time before I was actually able to post things. So knowing, like, when you make your Etsy account, you have to have, like, your email but they also say that you have to ha- you have to have an item ready to post when you make your Etsy account oh. with pictures. Okay. And my whole thing is with the miniatures being so small, the boxes actually weigh more than the miniatures themselves. Hmm. So I didn't know <laughs> how much my boxes individually were going to weigh until they showed up. So I had to get my boxes first, get a few minis painted, and then set up my Etsy account. So that's why it took even longer to get it set up was because I had to wait for my boxes and my boxes got caught up in COVID. So they took even longer to show up. Mm-hmm. That was that was a whole thing. So tell me about these boxes. So I got... I have two sizes. I have like a small box and then a not as small, like a small medium type box. And there's this store called Paper Mart that sells paper goods. It's it's really simple. I just went there. I got like, I think they come in packs of 20. You can either do like small batch orders or what's the word? It's not industrial, but like wholesale. Wholesale. Yeah. Wholesale orders where you buy for a whole bunch not cursing <laughs> I, I just want to make a mental note that I'm very proud of myself for not doing that um wholesale orders um they have boxes they have wrapping paper they have it's it's basically just a shipping products company and they will ship it right to where you need so when you say box I'm assuming you don't mean like a brown cardboard like Amazon shipping box. I imagine you're talking about something else. No, actually what I have for my shipping setup is I have, they are cardboard brown boxes. And then I have, what? yeah, like they're, they're just smaller. Um, I have uh, brown tissue paper to wrap the minis up in so that way they don't get jostled around too much. And then I have um packing peanuts and I actually got the packing peanuts off of Amazon because I specifically wanted to get biodegradable packing peanuts. Woo woo. Good for you. I like that. And that's, that's one of the reason why I went with more paper and type like the, the cardboard boxes is because cardboard is a biodegradable Mm eco-friendly type shipping thing than say like a, Plastic, right? Yeah, like, right. A, and that's of course what I was. Paper. That's what I was like thinking of. I'm like, okay, so if I were to picture, um, you know, being shipped a painted miniature, you know, my mind thinks to like how you would purchase a store a toy in the store where it's in a box, but there's that clear plastic over it or whatever, so that you can like truly see it. And I was yeah. like, there's no way that that is sturdy enough to keep all those little details on that miniature from breaking. Because there's yeah. a lot of little teeny tips and things. And oh, yeah. shippers uh, are not gentle. 
with no. products. Yeah, no, and that's well. Also, to, another detail is like the the thing that makes me the reason why I got things like the the brown wrapping paper to like wrap them in is in case there are small mishaps. Um, one of my miniatures that I'm working on currently is it's a medium sized. It's uh, a figurine called Charybdis. It's from Cities of Sigmar Warhammer, um, and it's basically this five headed kraken creature. And then it has two uh, <laughs> people in the background kind of like shooing it on. And one of them has this like crossbow. And the other one is a woman sitting on a rock with two very long whips. And this sounds like it would be pretty big, but the woman is literally smaller than my finger. Ooh. And the the whips themselves are probably about as big like they're only slightly bigger than a pencil lead this this is a delicate item that i have and (laughs) that's that's why because you don't actually when you with the warhammer figurines themselves they actually don't come with any sort of like plastic encasing fit to them they actually come in they come in sheets. They come in sheets. Is only yeah. can be described as like huh. fresh off the factory printer, and they yeah. have. Yeah, if you ever used to put together cars. like model cars and stuff, like where you have to actually like twist the little piece of it out of its little um, grid file. structure. Yeah, yeah. You file off the print yep. line mm-hmm. from the, the plastic, and you get plastic glue and glue it together. Yeah. So it, it's a long and delicate <laughs> process to put them all together, and then painting them takes even longer. And, and then, then shipping them is terrifying. Of- yeah, mm-hmm. so <laughs> I actually have not had to ship anything yet. I'm very lucky that most of my work has actually either been um, for my significant other or our friends that we D&D with. They have a few figurines that they wanted painted for that were basically have been like my first few customers, which has been really Mm -hmm. fun working with my friends because they're. So it sounds like I'm going to be like one of your next customers because I have so many of those things unpainted and I would love to see you paint these things, bring them to life. (laughs) And that's one of the things that I'm hoping to, to have is just people be like, Hey, if I send this to you, will you paint it and send it back? And that's also like another sales model. Cause there's, um, you know, I've I've been watching a bunch of like painting YouTube videos because there's like D and D and Warhammer is actually a surprisingly large community. Oh yeah. And there's on Fiverr is something Nerds that I haven't night. looked into <laughs> much. Yeah. Uh Fiverr is a uh a website where you can like sell services at a specific price and then talk it out and there's been a bunch of videos where they're like yeah I got different uh different prices of paintings off Fiverr so that's another one that I could look into that I haven't actually started yet because I'm still only a few months in okay so that kind of answered like where you know where you're at with your new business um so income wise you know, you're probably not quite there to even have an estimate. Yeah. yeah, at this point in my life, with the few that I've done, I've I've basically made enough to cover a few extra meals and a few uh, grub hubs to the house. 
a few extra meals. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Which is nice because, I mean, like, we all have to start somewhere. Yep. Um, the other agreement that I have is with my boyfriend, I paint his minis and he pays for very specific meals. As you were teasing me earlier about <laughs> me and my chopstick wrappers, that was actually one of my meals that he is paying me with currently. To paint I will his gladly take payment in sushi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so he pays Done me in deal. food and I paint his minis and it works out really well because he pays for the minis himself and then I paint them and then I have something that I'm able to post on my Instagram and, okay you know you symbiotic relationship yeah so it works out pretty well that is so exciting hmm am I out of questions <laughs> is it possible Oh, Does wow. Jen have nothing to say? <laughs> what? <laughs> what is this world? <laughs> it is 2020. Anything can happen. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. Mm-hmm. Is there anything about your business that I didn't really get to ask you about? I mean, like I said, I have some knowledge, so I felt comfortable like being able to, you know, moderate through this, but What's something about your business that I didn't even mention or some, a struggle that you've had along the way? Um, I think the biggest struggle that I've had so far is probably getting a lot of the lighting set up correctly because so much of it is on such like a minuscule scale you can't just have like your overhead lights. So I have actually like two lamps that I have set up, but then even then for like the, the character size miniatures that are, you know, smaller than your pinky, their faces are even, even smaller than that. Mm-hmm. And I actually have, it's kind of dorky, but it works really well. It's this, they fit over my glasses. They're, they're a little magnifying headset. That is so dorky. I love it. I love it. Oh my God. It's so, it looks so bad, but it works so well. It's, it has these little extra LED lights. So I require a selfie with you wearing it. I will get that to you sometime tomorrow. Excellent. (laughs) Excellent. Um, And then it has, uh, I think like five different magnifying lenses that are like, aviator shaped that you plug in to oh the top of the headset God. and then it like Brilliant. flips up and down Brilliant! i love it i'm I picturing did. like mad scientist right now oh i'm picturing God. do you guys remember in toy story like i think it was like toy story 2 or something that like old guy with the little glasses <laughs> oh yes, yes. Yeah. It's so bad, but it, it it really helps me like get up and in there because as I've said, the minis are smaller than your pinky. The faces are even smaller and the eye, like the eyeballs are the bane of my existence because they, they're literally like the size of a pinhead. They're so tiny. And your hands oh. have to be so steady. Yeah, right. yeah. So definitely no caffeine for you. No caffeine when I'm doing no that. So I'm sitting there really grumpy and... I'll be honest, there are certain times where it takes me three tries to get an eyeball correct. And there's a reason why I save them for last is because they just, they raise my heart rate and my stress <laughs> levels just go through the roof. They're my least favorite thing ever because with the monster figurines, 
you can just kind of give them like black eyes, red eyes, you just kind of flood it. And it looks super cool. You just give them like a little white highlight and you're like, okay, cool. It looks good. It looks great. They're fine. They're awesome. They're monsters. They don't need real eyeballs anyways. (laughs) And then you get to the humanoid type ones. (laughs) They're monsters. They don't need real eyeballs. And you get to the humans and they have to look like people. And you just, you just sit there and you're like, okay, well, that eyeball was great. That eyeball is looking off to the sun. <laughs> Let me try again. And you're like, okay, that eyeball I like. That one's going to stay. And then you try again. And you're like, okay, well, the paint flooded the whole eye cavity because it's so tiny. I have to try again. And then you just sit there going back and forth at war with this one eye trying to get it in like a somewhat similar shape to the other one. It's I'm just literally praying. <laughs> It sounds like when you're first learning how to do makeup or when um the oh, wind, yes. when yes. wind when you eyeliner first learn how to do wind eyeliner. Right. And you're like, okay, one nice. eye, fabulous. The other one, I look not fabulous. We're just gonna hide that one with hair and go about our day and no one's gonna ask any questions because the hair is in front of the eye. Yeah. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Yeah. So I, I think um that would probably be the one thing that people need to understand is eyes are difficult. I, I believe it. Eyeballs are difficult and I don't like them. And that reminded me of what I maybe might be my last question. Who knows? We'll just see how gentle it is today. <laughs> so paintbrushes, uh-huh. like, have you developed a favorite? How do you, are there, are there, paintbrushes out here that like what is it one freaking thread in it I mean like how do you (laughs) yeah yeah so there's um there's a few that I got at the the game store where I bought the minis and some of them are super tiny and some of them are normal sized um those were about four three four to eight ish dollars there was yeah a piece and then the brushes I got a pack for like 10 bucks it was like 12 brushes of assorted sizes anywhere from like super tiny ones to kind of big ones and then there was one brush you know how sometimes things don't have like the best labeling to their price but you sit there and you go, oh, well, I really like this. I think this is going to be really good for my setup or my config. Like, oh, like this is just going to be like exactly what I need. But I don't know the price, but I really need it. So I'm just going to get it anyways. Fine. Yeah. So there's this one brush I bought and I think it was like $30. Oh, my yeah. That's so expensive. Yeah. Well, because some of the brushes are made with... Um, synthetic bristles and then some of them are made with animal hair and I think that's what it was was what uh caused it to be so expensive I mean just go cut a piece of Dexter's mane (laughs) I mean I'm just saying (laughs) hey he has a mane now I can do it it's grown all the way back (laughs) oh lord so yeah those that's I I do miniature painting it's so cool. <laughs> random things. Yeah, and it's it's so funny because you wouldn't think about it because you're like, oh, horseback riding, horseback related art or or whatever, but no, I mean some sometimes people just have non-related hobbies and they do things with them. I mean, sometimes it's almost 
better. You know, if your your job is one thing and your passion is something else, sometimes it's better to have a side hustle that's different from all three so that none of this becomes worse. Yeah. Like, I don't, it's not really the term I wanted to use for it, but like, you don't want your side hustle to become a job. And yes, so sometimes exactly. when it is, and then you don't want horses to then get mixed in with your side hustle and then horses are part of the stress because they're part of the job and like I I can just see that being really touchy touch and go and something that I would really want to establish like clear boundaries with yeah oh exactly that is so cool well so basically I don't know I had something clever I wanted to say what was it um the line stole your idea yeah, <laughs> that's how these things work. Side it hustles. must be twenty twenty. Jen doesn't have something clever to say. I know, this is so bad. <laughs> Side hustles—they're freaking important. Okay, they pay for horse shows and sushi oh, no. and sushi. Can that be? Can that be one of our little like word quotes? Yes. When we post, Alex, can you make that so? Yeah. <laughs> Hustle until the sushi gets delivered. <laughs> Something like so for all our listeners who have ever considered a side hustle, mm-hmm. you know, our you know, my advice to you is you know just go for it. Something like that. Yeah. Don't make me tell. Don't make me make make a script for you. <laughs> make my life easier, Jen. I'm <laughs> <was> so funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So for for all our listeners out there who are thinking about possibly getting into a side hustle or starting up a little extra money making activity for sushi, for sushi or horse shows. <laughs> Or just to expand a hobby a little bit farther than you thought, I would say go for it. Um, I absolutely love what I'm doing, even though I didn't realize I enjoyed painting miniatures so much until this summer. And once I realized that it was not only something that I enjoy doing, but could possibly make a little extra money off of for said horse shows and or sushi, the most important <laughs> things of life. <laughs> I there, there was a big apprehensive because, I mean, buying the boxes and the packing supplies and the minis to paint and overhead it's overhead real. was a little little difficult because i also got uh, a nice little shipping label printer to make the actual like stickies yeah Woo-hoo! yeah i don't know why i did That's that that was fancy. really nice of me those are nice so <laughs> i'm one day i might be able to make enough money to make back my overhead today is not the day <laughs> but in the end of the day it actually like I have more time to spend doing something that I find very relaxing and I'm making a little bit of money from it. So I, I would just say if, if you are feeling the need or want to do a little extra and make a little extra money from something that you already enjoy, why not do it? Yeah. I think that's Mm -hmm. some pretty solid advice. Go for it. Mm -hmm. What could go wrong? Okay. I'm just saying like 2020, 
you probably <laughs> can't mess anything up that badly. Yeah, it's already been messed up enough. Exactly, exactly. I think one piece of advice that I would leave is to not turn it into a job. Like, not don't stress yourself out. Make it enjoyable. Make it something that you like doing. Because once you turn it into a job, it becomes a job. It no longer is a side hustle, you know? Yeah. And jobs stress me out. So <laughs> keep it the side hustle. Oh, absolutely. Keep it fun and uh, manage your work schedule so that you can still be happy and do your job. Yeah. So there you have it. We have two non-starving artists that are telling you to go out there and get it done. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Lord knows Stephanie is never starving since she finds a way to eat in every recording. <laughs> okay, that's the other thing. If you can't always like get people to pay for things up front, make barter deals. Have them pay for your dinner one time. Be like, oh, I'll pay, I'll pay a, a dragon mini for you. Bargain campaign. Buy me dinner first. Okay. <laughs> Bargain like the medieval times. Okay. Okay. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. Be sure to drop by our Instagram and share your own personal experiences with us. Subscribe and review our podcast so you're always up to date with our latest shenanigans. Remember that everyone is on their own journey, so let's all just be kind and pat our ponies. <laughs>